Hey guys, welcome back to Whatsoever is True. It's your host Jason Coral, and let's jump right into this. How can you avoid heresy? How can you avoid getting into a like a Christian cult? How can you avoid like you know being wrong about this? If if you've if you've wondered about that, if uh, you know I've I've had people ask me this and and come up there's things going on about different types of movements and and ideologies and so forth that that can be kind of vexing and concerning remember the devil was a liar and a liar from the beginning you know our lord says in john 8 44 that you know that very thing he was a liar he's a liar from the beginning i've said in previous podcasts that we're not sitting there thinking the devil's going to come up and abduct us you know people are kind of afraid of demons and they're afraid of of uh, witchcraft and are afraid of 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 this that and the other thing the more often Scenario: 99% of the time that happens to Christians that impact them negatively is bad doctrine. So what we want to talk about here is know is knowing the truth, and and I'm going to give you scripture from Romans chapter 10 to help you zero in on how to avoid a false Christianity. Here we go. This is Romans chapter 10, brothers. This is Apostle Paul speaking, right? Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. He's talking about Israel. He's talking about his, his nation, state Israel, right? His, his people. I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness that comes from God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ's is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. That's amazing. Now think about this for a second. He, he, when he says brothers, it's a heartfelt appeal you know, to, to his fellow Christians. And you know, he's been talking about Israel in chapter 9. And, and he comes in and he says, you know, though Israel has been now kind of enemies of God for our sake, that's Gentiles, he, he still says that they have a zeal for God, and his heart's desire and prayer is that they may be saved. So he's not angry with the Jews, and any Christian that says that they're angry with, with other people and they want them to, be, to remain unconverted is certainly unchristian. It's unbiblical. Paul, even though the Jews have been causing all sorts of problems, he was part of that, Paul was, remember. He was persecuting the church when he was saved on Damascus Road. But he says, brothers... It's my heart's desire and prayer to God for them that they may be saved. Okay, so let's remember that's the spirit of all of us. If your spirit is to be, ah, we're special, we've got the secret sauce, and everybody else is really in trouble, they suck, that is not the Christian message, and it's not the Christian heart. So, that they may be saved. So, in chapter 9, remember, it was... It was the salvation of the Jews in redemptive history. That's what this, uh, the context of this entire passage. Never take one passage of Scripture out. This is another thing that as we talk about this, that you'll notice that heretical situations arise because people are playing one part of Scripture over against another. So he then goes on, he says, I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God. And, and you might know this. I mean, maybe you've come out of a cult-like mentality or whatever. They have a zeal for God. Especially there's a, a lot of movements today that, that put a lot of emphasis on the Old Testament. And, 
and sort of like the secret sauce thing of making sure you call God by a specific name, and and they're <clears throat> they're going through the Old Testament with with a, with a fine tooth comb, looking for some little issue that they can bring to bear on themselves today. And uh, that you see it in other cases where people can go to the mat, they can see a hill to die on about you know what music to listen to or or what to wear in church or or certain little things to say or not to say. That's a zeal for God. You know so. Again, Paul speaking from personal experience, he had a lot of zeal as a Pharisee, but not according to knowledge. Well, what does that mean? Well, he, thankfully, he explains it to us. For being ignorant of the righteousness that comes from God and seeking to establish their own, they don't submit to God's righteousness. That's the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter is that we don't understand the righteousness of God. All heretical systems of thought, whether they're major false religions or minor cult-like things that spawn off of, spin off of Christianity, <clears throat> have this in common. God isn't so righteous that he had to bridge the gap for us. That's the key to it. So we understand God's righteousness as, as absolute moral perfection. It's inconceivable how holy he is. Now remember, at the end of Romans 11, was this argument Paul's making moves through a crescendo. It says, you know, for from him and through him and to him are all things. Who's known the mind of the Lord? Who's been his counselor? Who's given him a gift that he needs to be repaid? If you're listening to this, we need to understand something for a critical second, is that there is nothing good in you that warrants God having to forgive you. There's no thing you can do other than to believe on Christ. Remember, in, in, in the Gospel of John, they say, well, what is the work of God? He says, well, to believe on him whom he sent. That's Jesus. Jesus makes the entire work of God, doing the work of God is believing on him, believing in him. So they're trying to establish their own righteousness separate from the cross of Christ. That is the, 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 the pivotal ground, guys. So being ignorant of the righteousness of God that God's so righteous that he bridged the gap between us and him and himself by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. <clears throat> That's the critical key. For you to then say, I'm going to do something else to add to this, is to call God a liar and to climb on the cross yourself. You cannot do it. Don't do it. So, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. There you go. If any argument you make about Christianity or about religion does not bring you to the cross of Jesus Christ, my friend, you're mistaken. Now, like for example, you know, today it's very common for people to say in, t in today's politics that race is the big racism is the big problem in Christianity. Let me let me just let's bring this up. The, the Bible never speaks of race or racism ever, not once. It speaks of Jews and Gentiles, believers and unbelievers. There's one race. Race of Adam. That's it. Sinners. That's it. I mean, uh, let's, let's, be, let's be honest. The obsession today that the world has with race and racism is completely unbiblical. There's one race, Adam. You're either in Adam or you're in Christ. If you're in Adam, you're dead in your sin. You're in the flesh. And those who are in the flesh are hostile to God. They cannot please God. For the mind is set on the flesh. They hate God. If you're trying to establish your own righteousness... You are trying, you are trying to ascend the walls of New Jerusalem, of heaven, on your own works. You're going to fail. That's, that's the truth. Christ is the end of the law. If you're trying to do it in the flesh, you're not doing it in faith. 
you've got a serious problem. For, for verse, verse 5, chapter 10, For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, and that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, you're not saying in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That's where I'm getting this from. Right? That is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? Right? So, what we're talking about here is the devil's objective is to confuse you and to lie to you. And the lie is based on God's righteousness is not so great that he demands perfection. And God's grace is not so high and not so wonderful and not so vast as to have provided the sacrifice needed to attain that righteousness in Christ. That's it. So it's very easy for you to see that. So if they try to make you right through through some type of political movement or through some type of uh, asceticism or some type of stoicism or some type of hidden knowledge or whatever. It's not, that's nonsense. For the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you've confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's what the Bible says. It's that simple. Not easy, but it's that simple. So avoid any type of special knowledge, unique stuff. Got to call God by a certain name. Got to do this. Got to wear that. Got to go here. Got to go there. Right? All of that is man-made religion. Man-made religion is everywhere. It's man trying to be righteous according to his own standards, which means God's not so righteous. God demands absolute moral perfection. If you've lived by the commandments, you right? If, you have not, if you've kept the commandments, you'll live by them. If you've broken a commandment, that's the covenant relationship with Adam. That's it. You're dead in your sin. There's nothing you can do but now to be righteous by faith. That's what we mean in terms of covenant of works or covenant of grace. You are in a covenant of works, which means you have to be perfect, or you're in a covenant of grace in faith. In faith, by faith, the righteous shall live by faith. That's it. You're righteous by faith or you're righteous by works. So... <clears throat> that's Christianity in a nutshell. That's And Christianity is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is Christianity. That's it. That's how you avoid all of the nonsense that gets out there. Today, like I said, you can you can get into special types of religion, special types of knowledge. Uh, there's a lot of uh, heretical movements going on, uh, you know, about Israel nationalists and, and uh, all of this stuff. There's, there's no such thing as that in the Bible. Um, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe Jesus is God. And Mormons think that we're all little gods and so forth and so on. All of it diminishes the centrality of the cross as necessary for salvation in faith to achieve the righteousness of God. All of them do that. Every one of them. And it separates people into different groups rather than sinners and the saved. The unregenerate, regenerate. It separates people in groups other than what God has done. That's the other way of knowing that you're diminishing God's righteousness and you're diminishing the greatness of, of the cross and the, and the mercy of God in Christ. It's that simple. Man has a problem with God because man has a sin problem. To solve man's problems, we have to go to the cross. That sets everything else in motion. If you're trying to be, and I go back to politics, if you're trying to be reconciled to other people without being reconciled to God, you will fail. 
if you're trying to fix the problems of mankind without fixing mankind's central problem, which is sin, you've got a problem. And this is how you're able to avoid, this is how we're able to avoid the central issues of heretical thought and idolatry. And that is to keep our mind fixed and focused on Jesus Christ and his work on our behalf, on behalf of sinners. That's it. Simple as that. <clears throat> Again, I say simple, not easy. But it's simple. Every false religion and every heretical offshoot of Christianity has that in common. They seek to establish their own righteousness. Which is to say, once again, God isn't so righteous and I'm not so bad. Some people are bad, some people are worse than me, so I'm okay. My group is okay. Whatever that group might be. Okay? Everything has that in common. And today, it's, it's very common to say that you have, and this is why political movements masquerading as, as uh, religions without calling themselves that, of course, are so dangerous because they try to tell you that your problem is out there. Your problem, you're a victim of society. You're a victim of something. You're a victim of what white privilege or you're a victim of economic deprivation. You're a victim of capitalism or whatever. You are a victim of your sin. You are in sin. If you're outside of Christ, you're a victim of sin. You're a sin. Now, you may not, you may not have, and this is key, you may not have committed, as let's say you're a young person, the sin to push you into poverty, but the sin that's in you is the sin that's in the world. To fix that, you got to fix the sin. Jesus Christ says that through faith. So if a politician comes to you and says, well, I'm going to fix your problems by, by punishing those other people. No, God comes to you and says, I'm going to fix your problem by punishing Christ on your behalf. If a heretical religion comes to you and says, you can fix your problem by being a bit more righteous, by being a bit more ascetic, by denying your flesh, this, that, or the other thing. No, you fix your problem of sin by the cross of Jesus Christ and faith in him. That's it. So that's how you solve these problems. And notice this, the common thread is the common thread of, of non-Christian thoughts is that God isn't so righteous, you can fix your problem by becoming a little bit better of a person. Or, you don't really have a problem. Your problem is from those guys. Somebody else did something to you, and you've inherited that. Let me fix the problem by punishing those guys, and let me fix their wagon, and then, and then you're good to go. That's why that's dangerous, because it's telling you that your sin isn't such an abomination. You realize the moment you woke up today, if you're in Adam, and you didn't give thanks to God for something, you deserve death. The minute that you decided to think about life and reality without referencing God and his word, do you realize what an offense that is? Think about this for a moment. If you were to wander into, uh, let's say, the White House or the governor's mansion and just walk into the Oval Office or walk into the executive office and just plop your fanny down, you're going to be guilty of trespassing right there and they're going to come and take you away. That's a serious problem. You, you're living on God's earth. God's creation, and do not give thanks to him? You see what an offense it is? It's an offense against a holy God. The Secret Service would hold you accountable for wandering into a temporal president's office. And they would hold you accountable staunchly for that. How much more will the eternal and, and perfect God hold you accountable for not repenting for your sin? When he's provided a means through which you do that. So hopefully... 
hopefully this has helped clear this up it could, because it's such a huge issue. If you're wondering how to know if you're on the right track or the wrong track, that's it. Jesus Christ. Chain yourself intellectually, philosophically, theologically to the cross and don't go very far and you will be fine because all good theology coalesces around the cross. Everything in the Old Testament is pointing to Jesus Christ. Everything in the New Testament is elaborating on what that means. Okay? If you're making mysteries out of the Old Testament that don't point to Jesus Christ, you know, for example, Israel in the wilderness, you're talking about the manna from heaven. Who is the true bread from heaven? Jesus Christ. What about the water, the rock that strikes the rock and the water? Jesus Christ is a living water. That's elaborated for us in, in the New Testament. Jesus Christ is the rock. He is your rock and redeemer. He is the stumbling block. He is the stumbling block for people who are trying to establish their own righteousness. And they do that in various ways. One of the ways is to say that my problem isn't my sin. My problem is my, my political oppression because of those guys. Or my, my problem is this, or my problem is that. It's not my sin. I'm not to say that no, nobody else has any of the problems, but I'm saying the central problem is your sin. My central problem is my sin. The world hates that message, which is why Jesus Christ is a stumbling block. So, all in all, keep yourself at the cross. Keep yourself glorifying God in Jesus Christ. And, and watch the gratitude flow out of your heart. Because everything that you are and you do will flow out of your essential commitments to God. Okay? That is, that is the big key to this. And, and then rest assured in your salvation through faith alone, through the Word alone, right? Through grace alone. These are wonderful doctrines, and they are yours if you will have them. And that's all I'm going to say on this, on this subject. I know it's a big one, uh, but again, the scripture text was, was Romans chapter 10, the very first verses, and... Uh, I know there's a lot, of, a lot of confusion out there, and the easiest way to avoid it is to stay fixed on Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I will finish with that. So thank you for listening. If you haven't already, go check out our blog at whatsoeveristrue.com. Whatsoeveristrue.com. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Now, I obviously overwrite, so <laughs> you'll have that for you. And uh, hopefully, <clears throat> we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening.